The popular Catholic speaker Jason Everett tells a story about a father and son in Armenia, a true story from many years ago now. The father would every day drop his son off at school on his way to work. And so too on this day, dropped him off, said, Armando, I love you. I'll be back for you. And then off to work he went. But on that particular day, there was a terrible earthquake that rippled through that city in Armenia. So the father raced back to the school to find it a heap of ruins. And he knew basically where his son's classroom was, so he made his way there and began to dig through the debris. Dug for an hour, six hours, 10 hours. His hands became torn and bloodied. He continued to dig 15 hours, 18 hours, 26 hours. And after 38 hours of digging, the father uncovered, removed this enormous stone and saw the face of his son who cried out, Papa, and then turned to the 14 friends of his who were trapped and said, see, I told you he would come. He said he would. You know, from one vantage point, clearly the father was loving his son, being faithful to him. That's what strikes us first. From another vantage point, though, the father was being faithful to himself, to who he is, a father. That is who a father is. That's what he does, which showed itself in his love and fidelity for his son. From a certain vantage point, we can see that that's, in a sense, prior. As a parent is prior to a child, a child is dependent upon a parent, so too is fidelity to who one is, father, mother, necessary in order to love the son, the daughter, fittingly. In many respects, our readings for Trinity Sunday are manifestations of who God is, which is expressed in his fidelity and love of human beings. Now, I find this easier to see if we take a step back and look at that pivotal figure of Abraham. For God didn't reveal himself as a God of a particular nation or country. He didn't reveal himself as a God of a certain realm like the air or the sea. No, God revealed himself as the God of a person, Abraham. He is a personal God, which means he cares. He has concern for us. And there are consequences, though, that flow from this. God is powerful everywhere for those whom he has chosen. Abraham, set out from your homeland, from your family. For my power is not contained or restricted by geography or any other boundary. God can accompany the person, guard him, guide him wherever he chooses and wherever he goes. That's the first consequence. God is not confined by boundaries. Secondly, God has power without limitations of time. His speaking and acting bear especially on the future. He gives very little that is present. All important things are given in the category of what is to come. 
But this means he is control in control of the future, of all time. Abraham, follow me, believe in me, and I will make you a father of a worldwide family in the future. Lastly, who God is, his character, his holiness, is revealed in his care and concern and his protection of our dignity, of our moral integrity. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah with Abraham points this out most especially. God's care and concern is revealed when he's willing to spare the wicked on behalf of the few when Abraham prays. But God's protection is also demonstrated, his protection of our dignity, when he rejects what may damage our moral integrity, which takes the shape of judging Sodom and Gomorrah. Who God is, is manifested. His power is not contained by boundaries, by time, and it's a protective power of the person. Now, all three consequences of who God is were present in our first reading. Guarding people, taking a people for himself in the midst of another nation. There are no boundaries that keep him away. He requires commandments to be kept. That is ensuring our moral integrity. And the keeping of the commandments impacts our prosperity for a little while? No, forever. Who God is was manifested in his fidelity to mankind. And Jesus sums this up in the gospel. All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. My power is limitless. And my message, what I have to offer, is for everyone, regardless of ethnic background or where they live. And God's way of life matters. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And God is faithful to us forever. Behold, I'm with you always until the end, the consummation, the perfection of the age. Who God is is manifested in his love of us, which shines most clearly in Jesus, who in turn manifests who he is and his love and fidelity to the Father. It's this spirit of love, St. Paul says, that is poured into your hearts. You have been baptized into that relationship of love, of Father, Son, and Spirit. And then he says, writes the troubling thing. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if only we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him in the future. It sounds rather dreary. It sounds like Christianity is suffer now with maybe something good to come. But look what he's pointing to. Suffer with him. He's pointing to him. There's the heir. There's what a child of God looks like. One who clings to love in the face of all evil, knowing that the one who is above is not constrained by anything except our own no. Suffer with him. Hold fast to love. Be faithful to the one who can even overcome the grave. When Jesus, it seems to me, is saying, be who you are, a child of God. That's how the world experiences authentic love. 
Be who you are. Go make disciples of all nations. This is valuable for everyone. Witness to the love which triumphs over all evils, even the evil of the grave. And behold, I am with you always. I will not leave you alone. I'm with you to the consummation of the age.